This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. My special guest, Attorney Stephen Pigeon. Attorney Pigeon has fought both in the federal and state Supreme Court. He's also run for Attorney General, Washington State. He's the founder and president of the Sefer Publishing Company. Welcome back to the Warning Radio Program, Attorney Dr. Pigeon. Well, thank you, Dr. Hanson. It's great to be here. Okay. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Oh, it was fantastic. Yes, it was a great feast of in-gathering. Mm, wonderful. And, uh, we gathered about 20 people together and... We had a tremendous feast, and there were, you know, people that were unexpected arrived, which is always a good thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was yeah, no, it was great. Did you have a Did you have a turkey? Yeah, there was. Uh, we had a the turkey was perfectly prepared. You know, a lot of times the turkey comes out dry. You know, not this time. The turkey was perfectly prepared. Of course, as was the rest of the meal. It was just great. I know you didn't and have the the fattest turkey in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a, we had an Alaskan turkey. Well, you if know. you had the fattest one, Joe Biden would have been there. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. it's, well, he'd have been hard pressed to get an invite to that thing. Well, there I'll you go. You. Well, he would have crashed the party like he's trying to crash all of America. Yeah. Well, he's succeeding in crashing America. Okay, let's begin on that happy, happy note. I think it's good to be able to laugh in the middle of our problems. Because I, you know, God is the God of hope. And as long as you have hope, uh, you can see miracles, you can have victories, you can have miracles, because our God is the God of miracles. Now, I did a program the other night, live syndicated for an hour, on the story of Hanukkah. And I'm not going to go into that in depth again, but fascinating, uh, the story of Hanukkah. But I'll just briefly summarize it because where we're at in the United States of America today. But in uh, 168 BCE, the Jewish temple was seized by the Syrian Greek soldiers and dedicated to the worship of the god Zeus. Uh, This upset the Jewish people, but many were afraid to fight back for fear of reprisals. Again, we're seeing this in the United States of America today. People are afraid to speak the truth. Then in 167 BCE, the Syrian Greek emperor made the observance of Judaism an offense punishable by death. And what we're seeing in the United States of America today is, again, they're trying to come against uh, God and the values and morality of our Lord and Savior, coming against uh, the Bible 
Um, all of these things uh, they're doing. You might not recognize it, but they're coming against everything that is holy. Now, this uh, Syrian Greek emperor ordered all the Jews to worship Greek gods. Uh, Jewish resistance began in the village of Modin near Jerusalem. Greek soldiers forcibly gathered the Jewish villagers, told them to bow down to the idol, then eat the flesh of a pig. Again, both practices are forbidden to Jews. The Greek officer ordered the high priest to acquiesce to their demands, but the high priest refused. Another villager stepped forward and offered to cooperate on behalf of the high priest, but the high priest became outraged. He drew his sword and killed the villager, then turned on the Greek officer and killed him too. Then his five sons and other villagers attacked the remaining soldiers, killing all of them. Again, the story of the Maccabees, how a small group of people resisted a world power and against all odds defeated them and they had 200 more years of victory of freedom and that's where we're at in the united states of america today the church needs to rise up and do what only the church can do be salt and light preserve a nation bring peace and prosperity back to the united states of america so we can see god uh, be able to continue to bless other nations as we go out as his ambassadors uh, steve well, it's very interesting that you say that, uh, Dr. Hansen, in this Hanukkah season, you know, the term uh, Hanukkah, you know, comes from the name Enoch. Yes. And Enoch means dedication. Right. And, uh, and of, of course, the term Hanukkah was first used when uh, Solomon dedicated the original temple. Uh, that was the feast of that uh, the eight day feast of Sukkot or tabernacles that he called Hanukkah at the time. And, of course, this rededication of the second temple, or whatever temple was there at the time of the Maccabees, that that rededication, that's what it's about is rededication. That's what Hanukkah is about is rededicating. Exactly. And it's a rededication in a dark part of the winter, you know, when a person is called to rededicate their commitment to their faith, rededicate their, their commitment to their worship, to rededicate themselves, to double down, if you will. But the story of the Maccabean revolt against Antiochus, you know, Antiochus was cursed, too. Antiochus was told, you know, you are going to go home and you're going to die ignominiously, not by the sword. And, of course, he went home and had a disease and died from the, ignominiously from the disease. Now, a lot of the leaders in, in our country do not know what they're doing. They don't know you know, all they're doing is taking the bribe and then doing what they're told. And they don't know on whose behalf they're working. In fact, I would say most of the leaders in the world don't know on whose behalf they're working. They're working for an AI intelligence that has no regard for human life whatsoever. And they're blindly following those orders. And they're blindly following those orders to try to convert the average human being into a machine, a thing that will speak with other things in the internet of things. And this is a grievous, grievous sin before the heavens, a grievous, grievous sin. And all those who participate will suffer the wrath. I mean, that's just the truth of it. They will suffer the wrath. And so when we look at this, when we look, do we have Judas Maccabeus? Do we have someone, 
someone in this nation who will rise up? Well, of course we do. Not only do we have Judas Maccabeus, but we have the strength of the Maccabees in this country. We do have. We do have it. And we are winning. We have already had the initial strategic victories. One was the victory in the Fifth Circuit, when the Fifth Circuit enjoined uh, President Smith from being able to force private companies who had 100 employees or more to accept the jab. Some companies have already repented from enforcing it on their personnel. Most have not, but some have already repented and said, oh, no, we don't want to lose our valuable employees in favor of those who are willing to submit to an unknown God. And now a judge in Louisiana has come out and struck down Biden's mandate inside the government, saying you don't have the authority to even order people in the government to take on an experimental use authorized injection that violates all the tenets of the Nuremberg Code and the Universal Declaration on Bioethics and Human Rights and applicable federal law because it is a bioweapon and those who are engaged in promoting it are engaged in bioterrorism. This is going to be proved when this event is over and this whole scam is completed this is going to be proved and all of those who initiated this protocol are going to be held to account i believe it you know as mentioned 167 bce uh, the syrian greek emperor as you said antiochus made the observation of judaism as an offense punishable by death and then again a greek officer uh trying to follow that uh, order tried to make the high priest acquiesce to their demands. And as I mentioned earlier, the high priest finally not only killed that Greek officer, but then uh, uh, the five sons rose up, other villagers, and, and killed the remaining soldiers. Uh, we are in a fight for our freedom, ladies and gentlemen, and only the people of God can rise up and once again bring this nation back to what it is called to be a beacon of light. You know, the Feast of Hanukkah, also known as the Feast Festival of Lights or the Feast of Dedication and the Feast of the Maccabees. A tremendous story in that. If, if you haven't studied it, you need to study it. Tremendous, tremendous story, even going into uh, uh, the, the miracles of God. Um, and, and not only the miracles of God, uh, of, of talking about uh, oil that doesn't run out, but the miracles of God coming against a world power. But, you know, Steve, I think the most powerful ingredient that leaders can provide uh, people today is hope. I believe hope, like that precious song, uh, on Christ's solid rock I stand. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Uh, there are many things a Christian leader must do to fulfill their responsibility as a leader. But I believe the greatest thing we can do for our people, for our church, for our families is to paint a picture of everlasting hope. If I can read Hebrews 6, uh, 17 through 19, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who receive the promise could perfectly uh, be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. 
Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is strong and trustworthy. It's an anchor for our souls. The gospel is anchored upon a message of hope. And that's how all the heroes of the Bible live their life, through the hope of the gospel, the hope of Jesus Christ. Steve? Yes, and it's important. It's important, uh, John. You know, the Maccabees, the story of the Maccabees, is included in the Sefer. You know, yes. Originally, it was in the Apocrypha, and the Apocrypha was, in fact, canonized. And we do have, we do include the story of the Maccabees, one, two, three, and four Maccabees in the Sefer, you, so you can read all about this. But, Correct. you know, when you're talking about the hope, you know, the hope is something that, that we do not have to look into the future. It is a hope that exists that's, right now. That's right. right? That's right. Because, because we have to keep in mind that that which is immoral and what we have going on right now is that our leaders, and in particular the leaders in the hard blue states and the leadership at the federal level, who are not worthy of trust as to anything they do. Do not trust them. They are always lying to you. They're not worthy of trust. But these leaders are, have made a covenant with death, and the covenant with death is discussed at length in Scripture. They've made a covenant with death, and they have embraced a fundamental immorality. They have embraced a non-human protocol and a fundamental or immorality that is consistent with atheist communist Chinese practices. All of those are coming to a doomed end. Yes. For those of you that want to read about what will happen to communist China, I direct you to four Ezra, also known as two Esdras included in the Sefer chapter 15, which discusses what is going to happen in detail to China, China, which has rejected its maker, China, which asserts its atheism, China, which is an immoral nation practicing social credit system, which your governor seeks to impose upon you. In fact, all three of the governors in the cow states seek to impose the Chinese social credit system upon you, making you a linked up to an Internet that controls your every thought, your every activity. And when you step aside from the protocol demanded by the state, which is a covenant with death, defilement and depravity, then your social credit score goes to nothing and they take away from you your ability to travel, your ability to rent, your ability to enter your bank account, your ability to eat, your ability to remain alive. This is the Chinese communist system and the social credit score that they seek to impose. That system, because it is a covenant with death, has no life in it and will not survive. It will crush and fall to the ground on its own accord if no one lifts a finger against it. It will fall to the ground on its own accord because it is a covenant with death. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what he's referring to, cow states, he's talking about California, Oregon, and Washington. California, Oregon, and Washington. Some of the three most uh, evil and corrupt uh, liberal states uh, that there are in the United States, and there's others like Hawaii. Now, you know, Steve, I just read two days ago where China has taken over Entebbe, the airport in Uganda, because, again, Uganda could not pay its loans back to China. They tried to renegotiate, and China said no, and they, they went ahead with what originally was agreed, and China has taken over the Entebbe Uganda 
airport. China is all through the world, all through Africa, doing things, but but holding these countries' uh, assets at bay. There, these countries are used to being forgiven. China's not forgiving. They're taking over ports. Uh, Steve? Yeah, that's correct. And in fact, there is a plan afoot by China to place 50 million Chinese in 50 new cities to be erected in, in the Republic of South Africa. And China is very definitely competing for all of the resources in Africa. The United States is late to the game. And of course, we were betrayed by our own leadership in this country in the 1990s under GATT, NAFTA, and the WTO, the World Trade Organization, which caused, of course, as Ross Perot said, a great sucking sound as all of the industry and manufacturing left the United States and fled to China to exploit slave labor. Now they are our slave masters. And we have become an impotent nation full of impotent people who cannot defend ourselves. And our president, who has given us clear signs of dementia and derangement, is actively participating in starting a war with Russia as we speak. So we have a nation that has fallen from grace, but we don't have a people that has fallen from grace. We have leadership that has fallen from grace. We have a leadership class that it cannot be trusted at any level. You certainly would never leave your children with any one of them. And you shouldn't be leaving your children in the public schools in Washington either, at all. You cannot leave your children in the presence of these leaders. Do you know, I, I'll i make a comment, then you continue, but 55,000 uh, students in the public school system have been withdrawn by their parents in Washington State. 55,000 thousand recently because of what Washington State is doing, uh, pushing their agenda of changing the culture and the values and morality. 55,000 have withdrawn already. Steve? Yeah. What do you call 55,000 students leaving the public school system in Washington? A good start. Yes. (laughs) There shouldn't be a single child in any of those public schools because they're not public schools. They're indoctrination centers. Half their, not half their teachers, but some of their teachers openly participate in the summer in Antifa as confidential informants for the FBI. They are, they openly tell you, we have abandoned the curriculum in order to teach social activism. Kindergarten teachers admit this. Third grade teachers admit this. Elementary school teachers, they're being forced to teach critical race theory, which is absolute racism at its worst. They are teaching sexual defilement to five-year-olds as a matter of state law because the people who run the state, who are in power in the state, have given their lives over to the doctrine of demons. They worship something they do not know and it has infected their immorality and has caused them to embrace a covenant of death that is bringing death and destruction to the cow states. That's what it's bringing. That's why people have fled Washington, Oregon, and California by the thousands. If you don't think it's true, ask a realtor in Idaho, ask a realtor in Montana, ask a realtor in Utah, ask a realtor in Colorado, ask the people in Texas who have seen the prices double as a result of all the Californians pouring in. This doctrine is satanic, it's evil, it's demonic, and it is designed to destroy And so if you've got children in the public schools, get them out. The people teaching them do not deserve your trust for even one minute. No, you're absolutely right, Steve. And uh, 
who? I'm going to headline news since you just brought that up. Who now says your child's presence in school counts as informed consent for vaccination? Parental presence not required. They could care less about whether you approve it or not. You send them to the public schools. It's conformed consent. <laughs> yeah, that's what you call constructive consent. Yeah. It's like Oklahoma had this law for a while. I don't know if it's still on the books in Oklahoma. But basically the law said, well, if the woman didn't say no, then she said yes. Ask women in Washington if that's the truth, right? Oh, if you didn't say no, therefore you must have said yes. If a horse can't say no, he must have said yes. If a child can't say no, he must have said yes. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that these defilers, these desecrators who have gone out of the way to try to sear the conscience of children to embrace their own sexual depravity. These people have gone out of their way to destroy consent. Is parental consent needed for your daughter to get an abortion in seventh grade? Nope, she can do it behind your back and you have no right to even know that it happened. That's what about vaccinations? Nope. If they're in public school, that's that constitutes consent. According to who? The criminals who have been perpetrating this international crime at the highest level all over the world? Yeah, that's according to who did it, right? And you see other forms of non-consent. Now, ultimately, the desire of these desecrators and defilers is to eliminate consent entirely, particularly whether or not a parent has a right to object to a an adult-child relationship. You don't have the right to consent to medical care. You don't have the right to consent to an abortion. You don't have the right to consent whether or not your child is defiled with sexual teaching in, in kindergarten. And you don't have the right to say no if the teacher wants to prey upon that child. That's where they're going. That's where they want to be. That's the whole objective of their laws is to decriminalize pedophilia. It doesn't take much of a look to see that. That's where they're headed. That's why you cannot trust a single person in governmental leadership at all for even one minute. You can't allow your child to be near them for even one minute. Well, you're exactly right. I remember when Senator Val Stevens, uh, uh, Representative uh, House Representative Matt Shea, and you and I, uh, we did programs trying not to even give uh, uh, same-sex uh, people uh, equal rights because we knew it would lead to same-sex marriage and then we knew the slippery slope it would try to move where there's nothing immoral uh, pedophilia incest bestiality and it's all being discussed right now right now being discussed that it's all going to be legal steve what we were trying to do was to define and retain social standards for marriage you know, any society in the world that is successful, a society that thrives, is like a good garden. You know, when you garden, you have to go through your garden and weed and you have to take out the tares, right? So that the plants you want to survive, survive. And it's the same thing in a good society. A good society is a society that says no to certain behavior. For instance, you don't say yes to heroin addiction, you know, as kind of a general rule. You don't say yes to drunk driving. You have things that you say no to. And, you, and saying no to these things is what disciplines a society, and a disciplined society is a thriving society. If you may not like the tenets, you may not like the fact that there's you know gutters on either side of the bowling lane, but that's the way it is. That's the way it is in a disciplined society, and a disciplined society 
one that has a particular form of marriage that is retained, and it's a form of marriage that is retained in order to uh, make certain that the child has this fundamental right to a mother and a father preserved. And, you know, destroying the father from the family, of course, has allowed the state to declare children to be their property, which, by the way, was done in the state of Washington when Christine Gregoire was governor. She said, these kids are my property to do with as we see fit. Did you know your children were nationalized in Washington? If you didn't, you should look it up. And once you discover it, you need to consider whether or not you want to retain yourself in that jurisdiction. Get right back to 1973. Prior to that, homosexuality was a crime punishable by imprisonment. And so once you gave them their rights, then you went into same-sex marriage and all the way down to this total immorality or Satanism under the New World Order, which is pure communism, and that's what they're trying to do right now. You've been listening to the Warning Radio Program, Attorney Stephen Pigeon, my special guest. Again, uh, 1973, prior to that, same-sex marriage wasn't allowed, homosexuality was a crime, and you would arrest them and put them in prison. Uh, That's where it should have held. The church should have taken a stand because we've gone down this slippery slope and we're suffering uh, again the, the science of judgment. May God richly bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.